Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand, always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorced Not Dead. And this week I have the amazing Tracy Tutor. So welcome, Tracy, to Divorced Not Dead. I'm so happy to have you on. Finally, we did our live, but we never kept it. So <laughs> I know. That's so yeah, I was that was so much fun. So I'm glad we're doing it again. I know. So I thought, well, Divorced Not Dead is sort of taken on a life of its own and uh, women are loving it all over. So I really wanted to sort of get your story out there as well as mine. And I think why we did the live before is our lives seem to be going in very parallel sort of um, trajectories. <laughs> so uh, you got divorced. How many, how long has it been for you? Two years now, right? Yeah, about, I mean, you lose track because I guess it was like 2000 and. 18 when I filed or end of 2018 when I filed. So yeah, it's now been two years. And then you met a younger guy in lockdown. I did. I, did. I actually started training with a new trainer that Frederick Eklund had introduced me to because I had moved to this side of town and they had just opened this New York gym called dog pound. And so I started training there with this guy, Eric and a, a friend of mine was training with me. And then I don't know what happened. We just sort of saw each other out a few times socially, like when I was with Fred and it kind of morphed into a bit of a flirtation and then cut to, you know, we went into a pandemic and it just got like <laughs> real serious, real fast. What's your age difference? 19 years, I think. 
Oh my God, exactly the same, 19 years. So, I mean, exactly <laughs> what happened with Sergio and I, and, you know, I sort of dis, well, not discredited it, but just sort of thought it would be a few months of fun. And I think, remember talking to you, and I think you thought the same pretty much too, because we both had very long-term marriages. You were married for how long? 14 years married, 17 and a half years together. 16 years married, 18 years together. Crazy. Yeah, damn. It's so crazy. It's so funny because we're, we're quite similar characters in so many ways. And we've both done the reality TV thing. You're still in it. We're both quite lively, hard core women to handle. And I wonder why, like these relationships, I think you said to me the other day, well, last time we spoke, you said it's probably one of the most mature relationships you've ever had. You know, it's weird. I've dated guys after my divorce, you know, that were in their fifties, you know, successful. And then I've dated some younger guys sort of in their middle, mid thirties. And then all of a sudden I met this 26 year old who, by the way, told me he was like 20, turning 27. It was already 26. He was in fact 25. Mine was 31. Mine was 31 and was in fact 24. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Benjamin fucking okay. Button lost eight years for fuck's sake. Yeah. 31, you feel like you can tolerate, but I didn't think for even a second that it was going to last much less be sort of on the cusp of being maybe the most mature relationship I've had. And I think it's because I've been analyzing this a lot lately. I think it is honestly because there's something about the way that they listen that is different than an older guy who has sort of predispositions about how they do their business and how they're supposed to be. And I think there's something about a younger man who really listens to you and hears you. And when I would have these kinds of conversations that I'm having now with Eric, with my ex-boyfriends, I'd find that there was not, there wasn't a reciprocal understanding of where I was in my life versus where they were in theirs. And I think that he actually really truly listens. And, and we've had a lot of intense conversations, obviously because of the age difference. So, you know, from the beginning when we we're spending a lot of time together in quarantine and it sort of morphed into really living together. And I started freaking out, you know, I was having those moments where I was thinking to myself, my God, this like romance is turning like a little bit intense, but we were, we had never been in what we were all living in up until this point. So it was like this new world and we were obviously spending such an immense amount of time together that the relationship grew deep very fast. I had a conversation with him the other day about just where I am and, you know, my expectations. And, you know, now it's been over a year that we've been together. I mean, really like seriously together, probably 14 months, but like prior to that, we were dating for maybe another two or three on top of it. So I was like, you know, here we are. <laughs> oh shit. It's been like a year and a half. And we're still in this, you know, I've met, met his parents and I just keep saying to myself, I really truly want to embrace the time that I am having and not look back and not look forward because I've already been married. I've already had kids and I anticipate that discussion and we've already had it because he's 26 and probably wants, I know he wants like all of those things. 
And so I think I'm just trying to live in, in the moment of what's currently really, really working for me, you know, both emotionally and physically and everything's sort of aligned right now. I can't say that that's going to last forever, but I don't need it to last forever. I just need it to make me happy right now for the moment. And when it doesn't make me happy anymore and it doesn't make him happy anymore, then, you know, then we'll sort that out when that time comes. See, I'm so on the same playing field. We are now, we just celebrated. I completely forgotten, of course, because I have the world's worst memory. It was our two year anniversary last week um, where he sort of presented me with the most amazing painting. And, you know, we already, we froze our eggs. He's, you know, obviously the same issue as he's 26, about to be 27. And he, he does want babies, which I don't even know if is physically possible, frankly, at, our, at my age. Um, I just turned 45 and I'm living in the moment right now. And it's amazing. But, you know, I don't want it to end because of any, anything that I can't do or if I wanted to in the future. I'm the killer of fun too. I sort of find pictures of President Macron and his wife and go, do you want to look like this? Because this is what we're going to look like. Um, but he doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to mind. I mean, but the truth is though, like this is why I, I look to you all the time when I'm feeling out of sorts about it, because there are moments where, you know, maybe you're feeling fat that day. Maybe you're just not feeling great about where you are in your career. It's just an off week. And that's when I immediately kind of go to the negative. Like, what am I doing? And I always literally look to your page because it reminds me to, on social, because it reminds me to live in the moment. I, I have those moments. I have those moments all the we time. We all do. Because like if, if I had an older guy, maybe he would be helping me pay for half the house and, right. you know, all the holidays with my kids. You don't, you know, like it's a different kind of thing, you know, and, and yep. I've chosen to put more pressure on myself growing up, up and old, even if he is, you know, doing his own thing. It's not like I'm used to having someone split everything with me or I'm used to being paid for, you know, my ex-husband. So it's just so different. Um, or like being able to both do things, you know, so, but then again, and I look at it now and I remind myself, like, even if I had a 30 year old or a 40 year old, you know what I mean? And then I, they came into an already built life with three children. What am I going to do? Go here, here are four plane tickets to pay for. He's not going to do it. So like, you know, at the, this time you're always on your own and I have to remind myself of these things. It's not that it's, and, and then you're with some old guy with like, you know, just, as you said, preconceived ideas of what I have to, how the way I have to behave. And you're right. Younger guys listen better. They are more in touch with their emotions. They, they aren't scared to, you know, be emotional and be loving and kind and show like, um, public displays of affection. I've never had that before. My God, you know, like literally he's out at dinner net right now with our partners and he's called me four times to let me know how much he's missing me at the dinner. I mean, that's but never see, that's a, That really is, I think, one of the things that probably was missing in my life for longer than, you know, the last two years. And it is a trade-off, right? Because there is some freedom in, I think, being where we are in our lives and wanting to not have to work so terribly hard to and and hustle every day to like continue. I, I'd probably be on that path anyway, as much as I'm considering it as I'm talking to you. But in your head, because the the reverse is it's okay for a 55 year old 
guy to have a 24-year-old girl. It is not okay to have a girl that's 45 with a 26-year-old. No one would fucking blink twice, Caroline, if the tables were turned. And that's something that I, you know, I live in LA, maybe the one of the vainest cities in the world. And, you know, it's a challenge and it's a different kind of challenge because in most cases, it's the flip. And most girls that are Eric's age are going out with guys 10 years my senior. So I struggle with that piece too. And I think it kind of makes me want to buck the system a little bit more and like continue on that path. And you're absolutely right. You know, I was saying before, Sergio and I have made so many headlines and, you know, you go into any nightclub in LA, you go into any nightclub in any ways in the world, you know, everybody's doing it. So, and I don't think it's actually, you know, as much as we're talking about it now, I don't think it's as rare as we think anymore. Kate Beckinsale's been doing it for years. Quite a few girls out there. And, I, you know, I, here I am reeling them off because I've Googled them all. Um, right. <laughs> to see if they can work. So true. Because we can name them, because the most, some of the most beautiful women in the world happen to be starlets or on television or movies, and, and we can recognize that. But, like, in the day-to-day, and maybe, you know, because I live in L.A., I'm hypersensitive to it. It's something that I think is actually more challenging probably for Eric because he feels that that notion that he's with a sugar mama and it pisses him off because he works so hard. And, you know, for a 26 year old, he's doing really, really well. And dare I say, my ex-husband did not make that much more than Eric. So, you know, there's a there's an interesting dynamic for I think even the guys where they feel it's so like belittling. Um, yeah it's like the worst feeling ever he came home and said this to me we were having a really intense conversation actually about just all of this and um he had said to me that some he saw someone out on like a walk after like walking out of grabbing a bite to eat and he was walking back to the house and they were like oh you were like in the area bro right like you this is where your sugar mama lives. And it like, he was like, it was infuriating to me. And I was like, you know, you need to come home and, and be, talk to me about that kind of stuff because it's, it's that kind of dynamic where you let that build up or you don't feel like it starts to eat away at you if you don't talk about it. And so I, I found that like, that's what sort of made the two of us want to sit down and talk about it even more because I can't tell you how many girls that come into the gym are going out with guys that are 65. No one even blinks, but you know, we just happen to look really good for our age and obviously are confident women. But I also think that that's what that generation of men is attracted to are intelligent, confident, outlandish and crazy women. But you know, that's the thing. I mean, Sergio had a, a career for many years and so, you know, he was a professional soccer player. I mean, you know, it's not like I picked him off this corner of a street and it's so insulting. Every single place he goes, he has to kind of, um, because he moved into my home, but I have three kids, you know, what was I going right. to do? Move into his? I mean, you right. know, my life was so set. He moved into an already made home, which is amazing because most people won't do that when they're older or, you know, you have to move into, or you just don't move into the houses. You just have two houses and it's this whole back and forth, which, you know, you need to never get the life again. 
and my kids right. have accepted him and he's really taken it on. And actually these guys should be taken, you know, should be celebrated. And actually I'm beginning to see, well, you know, really the tables are t- turning now with the people that talk to me and they see now, I think after two years, what a good man he is and the, what a queen he makes me. He does everything for us. I mean, you know, he takes my children to the dentist for God's sake. I don't even want to take them to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I think initially Eric was cautious around my kids because they obviously have a very strong relationship with their dad and so there was this um respect but quiet respect for that and then I finally just said to him, you know, there is a place for you in this too. Like my kids exist. They are here. No, you're not their father and no one would expect you to be, but you know, what you bring into their life as far as like youth and, and like joy and just like a truly like a happy home has been really good for the kids to see. I think it's total and, you joy. Know, my, my ex-husband has a girlfriend who is also younger, but I even think my own girls were like, well, Eric's really young. And I was like, well, guess how old Amanda is, you know? So I had to even, you know, talk to the girls about Eric's age because Amanda was sort of primed and ready to step into that role as Jason's girlfriend, you know, 29 year old getting ready, you know, to step into the stepmom role of, you know, it's a very different animal. Women who are in their late twenties are like, I'm ready to get married. I'm ready to be a mom. I, you know, and men are a little bit more like, well, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I love you, you know, but there's a different, there's a different dynamic there. So let's take a little break from the show. And I can't wait to tell you about something so exciting, everybody. I am finally going to host a live episode of Divorce Not Dead podcast on at Looped Live on October 25th. So you swipe up and get your, on my social media, swipe up and get your tickets and chat all things wedding with Sergio and I and how we're coping. I mean, I never thought I was getting married again, but anyway, um, here I am. So if you want to be part of this show, you can join me on the stream and ask any questions or reserve a virtual meet and greet with me and Sergio. And we will video chat with you after the show. Link in bio for many more details. Let's get back to the show. Yesterday, Yasmin came running in and she's like, oh, mom, let's do an escape room on on Saturday with you and Sergio. And it's great because they have a real friendship. I mean, you know, okay, we do have the weird thing that her friends think he's really cute. And... um, Okay. Apparently he's the school topic. But on the other hand, I think she's quite proud. I think she's like, go mom in a way, you know, like, I, you know, I think she sees that I'm, I'm happy. And, um, you're right. The house has a real lightness to it. You know, um, nothing is stressful anymore. And I think, you know, happy home, happy kids, happy everyone. And they bring that, you know, we don't need, I think that the thing that I keep, whenever I go through that bad stage in my head, I remind myself, you know, Sergio is the cherry, right? You know, Eric's your cherry, your cake and everything else that we're doing would have to be paid for and done anyway. They're not adding to it in any way, shape or form. And that's what I think people need to understand. You know what I mean? Like, everything in this house would run the way it is, right? So, you know, 
the guy and and whether it was Eric or you know Sergio or any guy the guy just has to to make us happy because we we're in this anyway Oh, a hundred percent. And that's what I always say, like at the end of the day, and, and a lot of my friends, I think early on were like, you know, a little concerned. I think at first it was like fun and light. And then everybody was like, Oh, this is actually, you guys are like really hanging in this. And then everybody, you know, made an effort to really get to know him. And now they adore him because they see how he treats me, how he holds my hand, how he adores me, how he looks at me, how he talks about me when I'm not in the room. And they're like, oh, this is far more real. And by the way, far better than the previous two relationships that she, than she, that she was in, where when I would step out of the room, you know, maybe my ex-husband might say things like, you know, she works too much, or I can't get her to put her eyes on me half the time, where it's like, I walk out of the room now and his eyes follow, you know, yeah. and that's a really. Mine that, used to just sort of roll his eyes. That's a very important thing. I think for, you know, successful women that are working, that um, have a big career and a big life and kids and the whole, all of these like amazing, wonderful things. It's hard to sort of fall into that being, I think a man that doesn't have like a, an extreme amount of confidence. And sometimes I think the, like the more untouched version of them that isn't jaded and 45 and fucked up and, and divorced and hating their like current job. And, you know, they've got to pay all the bills and all of that crap that comes along with being 45, 50, 55, or even 65, um, taking care of all of your ex-wives like someone like Eric or Sergio is just bringing love and light as my ex-husband used to say, you know, like it's, that really is a blessing. I think. How do you feel though? Cause that's sometimes, you know, the love and light's amazing. And then sometimes when the reality hits you, say you've got like six jobs going on, you've got to get to work, the kids are annoying you, whatever it is, the day has just gone like shit. And he comes home with a love and light and you're like, okay, it's love and light right now. Isn't like doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Try it away. But let's be clear. So I'm the girl that's like, there's no love and light happening in this universe today because I'm, uh, I'm on, I've got one phone in my ear with a client yelling at me about, you know, a deal that's gone sideways. And I just honestly sometimes sign out and I'll just pour myself a glass of wine that's like, you know, a four finger pour. <laughs> and I'll just have to like take it down a notch because. But what how I do you not do, snap at him? I don't know. I think I've learned. I think that I've learned a lot from my first marriage about, and it's not like Eric runs around and is like, you know, Mr. Happy all the time. I mean, he works really hard. So sometimes he comes home at the end of a day and is like seven o'clock at night. He's trained 14 clients in a row and he's beat. And, and maybe isn't up for a chat with me. But I think what I learned in my, my own marriage is like bringing home sometimes the negativity and the craziness that is my job slash, you know, doing the TV show and everything else. Like I have to kind of compartmentalize that piece for when everybody is wanting to listen to it, by the way, because <laughs> one of the best pieces of advice that a friend gave me, actually he gave it to his wife is, maybe you should ask if people want to hear what you have to say before just offering it up. Because a lot of times it's like, we want to give our opinion 
or our, our, you know, attitude about what's happened that particular day. And not everybody in that room might be up for listening to it. So I learned that the hard way. And I think I've now try to really like put work away a little bit because if I let it bleed into my personal life any more than it already does, it's going to, it will crush it because I do have a, a little bit of a nightmare schedule. And if I don't come home and like unwind and then give like a different kind of energy to the people that I love, then, then they all have to live that, that, and it's not fun for any of them. And so how would you, because I think the number one question I get asked is the money thing. So how, how do you get around things like, I don't know, going on a, a glamorous holiday? Do you like, do you go where you can both afford or do you go lesser or do you go in the back? Like, do you go business class, first class still? Because I've left him in the back if he can't afford it at the time. And I've also gone to the front if he wants to pay, you know, he goes and then we, you know, share the room or whatever. Or if I'm going for work, then that's fine. We've done both he definitely participates. So like we planned a trip and we do this all the time where I'll get excited about wanting to go somewhere and he hasn't experienced it or, or vice versa. And I'll know exactly where I want to stay or exactly what I want to do. So I'll book that. And then he'll pay for all the dinners and lunches and everything while we're there. We kind of work around it. Like I feel like he always participates as much as he possibly can um, without you know, putting himself in, in a ridiculous amount of debt. But I, you know, I also have a lifestyle that I like to live and I'm very giving like that. Like I don't have, I don't get really tied up. I would do the same thing for a girlfriend. I've taken, I've moved so many people into my house. I've had girlfriends that I've taken on vacation when they couldn't afford it just because I enjoyed their company and, and to share an experience with someone like that is something that I, I really actually enjoy doing. Um, it's only when people take it for granted that becomes a bit of a chore and not something that you love to do anymore. And when I think people appreciate it, it's a totally different experience. I know that I'm pretty lively and I happen to be with somebody that is like, you've got to settle down. <laughs> they keep you us young, by the way. They keep 100%. us young. He's like, you need to like go to bed and not have any wine tonight and work out tomorrow morning. And I have to tell you, like, I do feel better. I take better care of myself. I'm actually more successful than I've ever been. I'm more productive. So like, if anything, he's bringing a lot to my life from by being like a supportive, incredible source of like positivity and love and all of those things for me, rather than me obsessing on I don't know, some guy, like, does he love me? Is he going to marry me? Like, you know, maybe he's got a jet or a yacht or whatever the fuck it is. I mean, I can't imagine being out in that universe of dating again, where I'm like concerned about, can a guy stand in a room with me and, and feel secure with himself? Like that was like something that was a problem for me for a long time. And I don't really have that problem. It just so happens that he has to happens to have more confidence at 26 than most of the guys that I've gone out with ever have. A hundred percent. We are very hard women, you know, that because we have big lives. And to be honest, you know, when you get a guy with another big life, all they want to do is like clip your wings. Yeah. I think that it's also about bringing, they bring something different to your life that you haven't had before. And I think that support piece is such a huge part of what what has been missing from my life all along, like from, from the moment I married Jason to really even maybe before that, 
And so to have a, you know, a supportive man in your life that sort of celebrates your independence and celebrates your successes and, and is with you for like the shit days too. I think that's actually the key part. And that's something I want to say to, to women out there. It's, it's the kind of man, let's face it, Tracy, there are a lot of 24, 25, 26 year old assholes out there. Do not 100%. listen to this podcast and rush out <laughs> and find yourself a 26 year old. This is no. not what we're saying. I always call Sergio a unicorn. He's pretty much a unicorn. Eric seems to be another one. And, you know, I had every radar up from the very beginning. Every friend said the same to me, like, you know, that he was looking for this or, you know, wanted and actually he was looking for this in a way. Like I do know that, you know, if it wasn't me, he likes older women. He's always liked older women just because I think he likes more mature, settled women who are just, they got their shit together, really. You yeah. know, I wouldn't say that uh, a 26 year old is for everyone at all. I mean, you know. No, and there's plenty of asshole 26 year olds out there. I've been in that circle of men. I've been in a younger circle of men because I've younger men have been attracted to me before. Eric's not the first one. He's just the one that stuck because he was a good human. There's so many younger guys that sort of find it, what are they, like a, like a badge of honor to sleep with a, an older woman. I think older women need to understand that, that, you know, you will always get on hit on by younger guys. I was always, always hit on by younger guys. And younger guys have always liked me because we're confident, you know, fun, funny. And because, you know, we don't need anything. So it's very attractive to a younger no. guy. That doesn't mean that that younger guy is going to walk into your life like Tracy and I have, which is a built life with children and, you know, big things that they have to take on in a way, you know, responsibilities that every guy can do that and they'll be here for two years. So both of us are saying neither of us thought the guys were going to be here for much longer than probably a month. Not even at all. I thought it was so temporary and it, it was, it was a surprise, but it was a pleasant surprise. And I think it's just like an ongoing dialogue that we should all be having that, you know, you have as a woman, and I think particularly a woman in your forties, this idea in your head of what you're supposed to be with. I have plenty of friends that have gotten divorced that are just on this path of like, I'm either alone or I'm with Mr. Right. And I don't know what that looks like for them, but I never anticipated Mr. Right looking anything like that. And whether it lasts for 10 years, whether it lasts for six more months, it's been like such an important part of my journey to be just happy like, I don't need a man to take care of me in that way. What I do need is like an emotional partner and someone that's going to be super supportive of me. If that comes in a fucking 26 year old body that happens to look like Eric, well, then so be it. You know what I mean? Because I'll take that any day of the week. I'm completely with you. I mean, I think that's the other thing there. Mr. Right doesn't exist girls, you need to like stop ticking boxes and start looking and living your life instead of waiting for the right one to come along. Because so many girls I know are still waiting. They're still fucking waiting. And, you know, it's sad for you because it, I just want to say get on because if you meet someone that's semi-right that you kind of like really have a good time with, and I think you hit the nail on the head, the lightness, just being happy, just like, you know, 
waking up with a simple I love you or kindness or a kind eye or just somebody who just wants to embrace every part of your life should be enough. And that's how you want to start your day and how you want to end it. Not with baggage and unhappiness and sort of emotional insecurity, but rather someone that looks at you and is like, okay, like I'm going to get you a cup of coffee. I'm going to kiss you on the forehead and tell you how beautiful you look this morning before you even rise. And then all of a sudden you just feel empowered. And now whether that man's 60, 80, 30 or whatever, it doesn't really matter, but you have to start embracing the, the, the men or the women or whatever that's in front of you, because, you know, sometimes you're just looking too much to check the box and you're going to miss the entire experience. And I think that's also, you know, that's also key because I've, I feel exactly like Tracy does, you know, when people go, what are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? But like, I'm like, if I've had two great years already, if I have another one, three, six, 10, I'm good with that. I'm absolutely good. I, you know, I'm very good on my own too. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for someone to save me for the rest of my life. I'm not. And I have great girlfriends and I see my life that way. I think another question that I always get asked, I don't know how it was for you, is just integrating someone, a young guy into the house. I mean, how old are your girls? 15 and 12. Yes. Yeah, so my daughter's 15. Oh my God, we're the same person. And, you know, obviously <laughs> they're clearly nearer our ch- daughter's age than they are ours. Like, did your daughter find that? <laughs> That's the worst. That is the worst part. It is. When you're like, oh God. Yes. I, you know, I mean, the truth is I experienced that as, uh, when I, my, my parents got divorced, my dad dated someone that was actually a year younger than me and proposed to her. And it was a twisted experience and they ended up not making it. But that was very, very challenging for me. I was in my 20s. I think as a 15-year-old, when my dad was married to Kim, who was, it was my stepmom for many years, and Skylar's mom, who you know, we were 10 years apart or 11 years apart, something like that. So very similar to what the experience is now. And I can't tell you, I felt 15. And she felt like a 26-year-old single mom. Like we were worlds apart. And I look at my dad's wife now, Alia, who is, I don't know, maybe she's 46, maybe she's 50. I have no idea how old she is at this point. But the interesting piece of it is we are worlds apart. That speaks to like really and truly like who you are in your body and your age is defined by who you are, not what the actual number is. And so- I'm okay with it. My daughters are good with it. And really, truly, it's been like a slow growing sort of bond between him and the kids that I think is absolutely appropriate. They're teenagers. You know, he picks them up, drops Scarlet off at riding, you know, runs out to get ice cream for the kids, stuff like that. That's what, that's what the relationship is. And that's like, a, that's good for us. And it's good for them. They have another positive, like male role model in their life. That's active and healthy and out there working and takes care of himself. Like to me, that's just an added bonus for them. In addition to having a great dad. See, I'm exactly the same. So I think, you know, that's a amazing place to end this, but like, I absolutely agree with you. Like Sergio does all of those things from the dentist to playing football or going to a basketball thing with my kids and just, 
you know, cheering them on and baking with my daughter. And they have this amazing, you know, this weekend they're going to escape room together and they have an amazing bond. And that is it. They have a father. They don't need to be told what to do by anybody else. You know, obviously if, if they're behaving badly, he can do, you know, he says, behave well. But, you know, other than that, they have a great relationship and he does all the fun stuff with them. And it's, it's, it's really another positive light in their lives. And it's an amazing thing. It's like having a big brother as well, I guess, you know, it's really fun. Yeah. Juliet is really a funny story. Juliet is having her boyfriend fly in. He's like, he's in school in New Hampshire at a boarding school and he's flying in to spend like a week with us after he gets out of school and I'm letting him stay with us. And we had like a big sit down and Juliet was like, I'm not sure where you think I am, but I am nowhere near any of the things that you're talking about. And mom, I promise we'll have boundaries, et cetera, et cetera. And then she's like, and I just would like to remind you that Eric is a very big, large man who is staying in this house with my boyfriend. So I like, you know, don't step on her toes or he will get, he will show her what's up, you know, like he will tell Juliet, like that boy needs to stay downstairs while you go up, you know, <laughs> it's, that's it's so good. nice. It's like just enough. Yeah. But they have that, but then they have a cheeky, you know, laugh. And because also like sometimes right. Yasmin will share things with him that she won't share with me. Like, you know, they'll have like, not, not share, like, you know, they gang up on me in a way and they'll have like, you know, cute little things. He'll side with her if she's asking for something. And same. Yeah. And she can get around him faster than she can get around me. So, you know, I think that that's a really another big positive. I just want girls out there or women out there just to understand that it's, we're not cougars that went out, you know, around town going, I'm looking for the youngest, hottest thing to come into my life. And I don't think when you get divorced, any of us were rushing into a relationship. You got thrown into it through, you know, lockdown. I really, the same thing with me and Sergio, we'd met, we'd having a great time, but I mean, it got way more serious because of lockdown because he got stuck in my house too. And once he was in and I'd already been through all the tough parts with the kids and introducing him and doing that, well, what was the point of him moving out? And I think that's probably the same with you. Yeah. I just don't believe in the whole cougar thing. It's never, I, you know, I feel like I am, I look better than I've ever looked. I feel better than I've ever looked. It's so insulting. It's like you could only be with Eric because you're paying for him. Why? It's so insulting. It is. And I think it's just kind of a, a shame. Like I forget that word. It's like not something I'm into, but that being said, neither of us are cougars. We just happen to be hot, successful female boss women with beautiful, young, fabulous men in our lives. So girls don't miss out. I think what we're trying to say is keep an open mind to everything. Don't shut yourself off to what you think you should be with, because sometimes, you know, you get what you need, not what you think, you know, what you think you need. So, you know, and I think both of us, Tracy, have got what we need right now. And I I look forward to seeing where we are in the next five years and having a laugh about this as we're both probably (laughs) cradling babies. I mean, mean, either that or I'm going to have like a facelift. We're going to have like a whole reconstruction. Oh, I'm having a facelift. I'm going to have a facelift. There's no way I'm going around with him looking old. Anyway. Thank you, Tracy, for coming on. Have a great day. Thanks, darling. Big kiss. 
Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 